This episode on Frozen Fridays, Chocolate Peanut Butter Sorbet. Welcome. I'm Bruce Weinstein. I'm the chef in Bruce and Mark. Hey there, and I'm Mark Scarborough. I'm the writer. I may be the chef, but today I'm getting out of the kitchen. Because I've got a secret. As a writer, I haven't cooked a thing in years. That's about to change. Mark's headed into the kitchen. Remember, he's a writer, and he gets easily distracted, usually by bourbon. Hey, watch it. I'm doing the cooking. And I'm going to help you out. And I'm going to guide him, and I'm going to give him tips, and I'm going to judge him. And so after 25 books, he can finally say, Hey, I f***ing made that. So we're making a sorbet today, right? And I think when people think about sorbet, they think about fruit, blackberries, strawberry, but we're not making that. Yeah, no, we're not making that. Yeah, we're making no. A, yeah, no, I yeah, love Yeah, no, it's my least favorite <laughs> expression. Yeah, no. Why do people say that? Like, you say to them, uh, you want to go out for Mexican food, and they say, yeah, yeah no, no, I don't want that. What's yeah, no. Anyway, okay, yeah. So yeah, yeah no. acknowledges you said something, and no says we're not putting fruit in this sorbet. <laughs> right. We're actually making a chocolate sorbet, and we're going to put peanut butter in it, so we're going to have a chocolate peanut butter sorbet. I guess the original idea of sorbet was some kind of frozen fruit juice concoction, right? Some kind of churned frozen fruit juice concoction, right? Well, I think it was a sort of a takeoff on sherbet. I think first it was ice cream, right? The frozen cream well, You and know this? Milk. It was like on a cave wall or something? You know what? <laughs> What was first? Okay, well, no. And then there was <laughs> sherbet, which was like mare's milk with some kind of fruit out in the desert. And then I think we took all the dairy away and made sorbet. Is it's, it's a good theory as any? We didn't take all the dairy away. The French took all the dairy away and made sorbet. But over the years, this has changed, and now you see things like goat cheese sorbet, That's and not sorbet. buttermilk sorbet, <laughs> and you see now here on this podcast, chocolate peanut butter sorbet. You see all these things called sorbets. What do you think that is? In my opinion, chocolate does make a good sorbet, but buttermilk makes something else. I I think it's also some uh, fancy chefs call Philadelphia-style ice cream without eggs a form of sorbet somehow. If they use maybe corn syrup or gelatin with it and they give it a slightly different texture, I think they call that sorbet too. Uh, yeah, I think anytime you get into these high-end dining experiences, Ooh, experience. if there's no eggs in the mi- mixture, so it's not a custard they're calling it sorbet. It's experiences, though. Yeah. Like a whole experience. Like, uh... But I'm talking egg yolks here, not egg whites, because yeah. even the old Julia Child recipe for grapefruit sorbet used an Italian meringue yeah. with grapefruit juice and pulp. So yeah. it's an egg yolk thing. And once you take the egg yolks out of ice cream... Uh, people feel the liberty to call it sorbet. I think that's right. And once you change the texture slightly from that creamy, creamy, super indulgent, velvety mouthfeel thing that ice cream is, and once you change that a bit, even if you made buttermilk sorbet, but you put no egg yolks in it and you made it with an Italian meringue or you made it with gelatin, everybody suddenly nowadays calls that a sorbet somehow. It's a texture in an egg yolk thing yeah. all in one. So, okay, so we're doing a chocolate peanut butter sorbet and let's get to it. 
So I'm at the stove and I'm whisking together in a large saucepan two and a quarter cups water, three quarter cup granulated white sugar, and nine tablespoons of unsweetened cocoa powder. And I brought that to a boil and now I'm kind of having to whisk this bit. And it's supposed to cook until it's thickened. Now, uh, you don't have to write this recipe down, right? No, just as always, every recipe we do is on our website, bruceandmark.com. Right. And yeah, this will thicken a bit because as you boil that sugar and water it makes a simple syrup and the cocoa dissolves and it will become a really rich almost chocolate sauce like a chocolate syrup and and i should say that we're using unsweetened cocoa powder it doesn't really matter here whether you use dutch or natural but the point is don't use sweetened hot cocoa mix <laughs> with mini marshmallows i know that's it. crazy but it is one of the common complaints when people can't get recipes to work and you find out they used hot cocoa mix nice. no we're talking about cocoa powder the unsweetened stuff that probably your mom didn't but maybe your grandma did use to make hot chocolate <laughs> your mother probably opened up the packets so okay this is about thickened right how do i know it's ready uh because you're going to cook it for four minutes and that you have to go by timing here but it will be thick and bubbly and it'll be it'll look like a chocolate sauce and while it's hot now you're going to whisk in this chocolate and we're using dark chocolate here too four and a half ounces because we want the cocoa butter, the fat that's in that chocolate to give a good texture and mouthfeel to this. I'm using dark chocolate, as you said, and it's it's really high voltage dark chocolate, right? It's, this is about 80% cocoa solids. It's an 80% chocolate. Why? Why because are we so high, high up here? The more cocoa solids, the more flavor it's going to have. I wouldn't go higher than 80% because then you're going to start losing cocoa butter content. But anything between 70 and 80 will give you a good balance of cocoa butter with flavor. I, I should say that I just read a review of our book A La Mode on Amazon and this recipe is in the book A La Mode and it's we'll talk about how it occurs in that book later but this recipe is in that book but I just read a recipe that somebody made the chocolate sour cream layer cake and they complained it was bitter and on Amazon and they said it was bitter because it used cocoa powder and an unsweetened chocolate not even this but fully unsweetened and they didn't like that bitter taste and this is going to actually have some of that bitter taste right? I yeah. mean it's not going to be super super sweet sorbet. No it's going to be a really nice dark chocolate sorbet it's not going to taste um, like you know Hershey milk chocolate dipped in sugar it's going to be a richer, darker, <laughs> more sophisticated flavor. I know that person was probably used to eating, you know, cakes from the bakery or cakes yep. from Entenmann's or something yep. that are very, very, very sweet. Yeah. And because they're made with milk chocolate, they're made with low cocoa right. solid chocolate. <laughs> and we wanted a very dark chocolatey taste. So I'm sorry she didn't like it, but... I, I, I'm just one of those people that will always go for dark chocolate. And the darker, the better for me. So this sorbet was designed actually as a pairing in a la mode to go with some sugar cookies. We'll talk about that again later. But um, we wanted it to be super sophisticated. This is not for the third grade set. No, even though it's chocolate peanut butter, right? Unless your third grade set happens. <laughs> to like things like, you know, smoked trout salad and caviar, they might like this. Right. I, 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 There's a great book out there about my kid eats octopus, and it's all about how to get your kid to eat everything. And if you've got your kid eating octopus, they'll like this. But this is probably more than adults would eat. Okay. So your so this chocolate is, all, is melted really nicely. Yeah, it's all in blended in. So now you're going to pour all of this into the blender. Okay. And you're going to throw into that a third of a cup of natural style creamy peanut butter. Okay. And now you need to blend it till smooth. Now... 
I should stop here and say blending in hot things in a blender is always a problem. It could be dangerous. It can be dangerous. And it's because there's a pressure differential that gets inside that canister, right? It gets Well, really... you've got a hot stuff. And as you right. whir it up, you get a buildup of heat. And so a buildup of pressure. Right. And you have to release that pressure. If you don't, the blender will do it itself. That's By right. blowing the top off. Like just like you after a big Chinese dinner. Oh, excellent! Um, you, Go you release to... the pressure yourself in another room. <laughs> you have to release the pressure somehow, and the way you do that, if you don't know, is that you take that center knob out of your blender lid, lid, and then things can still spew up through that hole that's there. So lay a clean kitchen towel, you know, over the top. You don't have to press down. Just lay it on top, and that'll catch any drips and spills while still letting that heat. And if you don't want to have a dirty towel, you could put, like, four thicknesses of paper towel over the top, and that'll do the same thing. You can. I find a towel is better, but you know what? I I just don't care to throw things in the washer. Well, a towel will lay there on its own, and paper towels you kind of have to hold, and then you can get a little burned if stuff splatters up there. Okay, so here goes. I'm going to blend it up. It blended pretty smooth. I was gonna. I was afraid I was gonna have to scrape down the sides of the container, but there's so much liquid in it. Oh here. yeah, and because it was warm, that peanut butter just melted. So that right. looks pretty damn good. So now, guess what? We're not ready to freeze it yet. No, of course it's not. It's still too warm. We can't put it into an ice cream machine when it's this warm. No. Nope. So we're putting it in the refrigerator. But, but we don't have to do anything to this. No. Nope. I'm gonna put the center knob back in the canister, and then I'm gonna put the canister in the refrigerator. I don't have to transfer this nope. or dirty another bowl nope. or anything. This can just go straight in the fridge as it is. In fact, that'll be easy. Because because later when I freeze it, if I want to give it one last word just to make sure it's emulsified, okay. it's already in this blender canister. So now we must wait. So we've already got the machine going and we're not straining the machine. We waited. Actually, it's funny. We recorded this podcast and we waited 48 hours. In fact, you can wait up to three, four days with this stuff. There's no dairy in it. So it's not going to go bad in your refrigerator. You can wait to freeze it for, I don't know, I'd say four days should be fine, sure. right? No problem. So we that. waited a bit and now we're freezing it up. It was nice and cold. I did give it one last whir and then I poured it in the machine and it's gone about, oh, how long have we gone now? This has gone according to the timer on the machine. It's been about 40 minutes and it's okay. looking like it's good because it's pulled away from the sides and I can actually scoop a little bit out now and put them into cups. And we're going to taste them right out of the machine. I'm going to turn the machine off. And now I want to taste some of this. Wow. Mm. It's so rich. It is. And that's a combination of the fat from the peanut butter and the fat from the chocolate. So here's the thing. Mm. When Uh, you have sorbet. Yeah, there's a thing about sorbet. We're going to go back to to act one where we talked about what sorbet is. (laughs) Act one. Now, Shakespeare. (laughs) Go back, Shakespeare. Okay. Now, sorbet, we said was anything without egg yolks these days to most chefs. And here's what I like about sorbet. If you have a fruit and sugar mixture, it's delicious, but it doesn't have the mouthfeel that this does. Right. And why this tastes and feels actually in your mouth more like ice cream is all the fat. And when you do put fat in sorbet, you get a good mouthfeel. So we have cocoa butter from the chocolate, and we have fat from the peanut butter, and that's what's making this so rich. And I, I should add, by the way, that we used natural-style peanut butter, so we did not use uh, regular, conventional North American peanut butter, which has hydrogenated shortening in it. We and sugar. a natural-style mm-hmm. peanut butter. Right, and we wanted to keep the sugar low. So again, I want to tell you, 
This thing has a bitter edge. It has a brandy quality edge. It has a little woodiness to it. It's That's intense. Good. It's uh, probably not for the third grade set. It is really uh, an, uh, an adult sophistication here. And I can imagine it served a lot of different ways. I mean, you could caramelize some bananas mm. and put it on top of it, right? What else could we do with this? Well, in the book, we make these big, soft vanilla sugar cookies and we sandwich it between and make ice cream sandwiches. And you don't even, you should get a copy of Alamode, of course, and do that. But you wouldn't even have to do that. You could just buy big sugar cookies yep. at your store. Put a scoop of this in between when it's soft right out of the machine. Right. Sandwich them, wrap them in plastic wrap and freeze them till they're firm. Oh, uh, that is, that is like heaven. And we kind of designed this. Uh, which is why I said caramelized bananas. We kind of designed this, as I've said a million times, a little more bitter so that it would go with sugar cookies. So it would have, because that's going to have all the sugar content that you want. So we have a couple tips for making this sorbet if you want to make it on your own. So I want to start and say, here's my first tip. My first tip is eat it fast (laughs) or something like that because... Uh, maybe you don't know this, but self-defrosting freezers, which, which most of us have, almost all of us have, self-defrosting freezers are murder on ice cream and frozen desserts like sorbets because your freezer is constantly alternating above and below the freezing point. And in so doing, it's allowing those ice crystals that form inside to melt. And so thus it's self-defrosting. You know, it, it doesn't build up that rime frost all around it. But while it's doing that, it's also the ice cream is coming up to right above freezing, right? Yeah, so it gets icy. It melts a little. It freezes. It melts. It freezes. Yep. It starts to shrink away from the edges of the container. Ugh. It starts to get really disgusting. And any air that we've churned into it, even the little bit of air we've churned into this in the machine, starts to fall out. So it starts to get crunchy and icy. And it's just hard, harder and harder and harder because that ice is reforming and refreezing and the air is falling out. It's a mess, right? So eat it fast. Right. Okay, the next thing, I want to go back to talking about ice cream sandwiches because I love making them. And the best way to do it (laughs) is when you make your own ice cream to put them between the cookies while it's soft out of the machine. But what if you're not making your own ice cream? What if you decide you want to make ice cream sandwiches? Oh, this is just like totally off. This is a freebie, not even a recipe for this. This is freebie. Okay, So you buy a container of Ben & Jerry's or Haagen-Dazs or something, a pint of ice cream like that. A premium ice cream. Yeah, premium ice cream. Put it on its side and then use a serrated knife to cut through it. And you can make half inch or one inch circles of ice cream that fit perfectly on large Starbucks cookies. Oh, that's so great. Now, you can't do that if the container is plastic. No, like Talenti. No, you can't really. Or Talenti, you lose out on this tip. I guess you could get out your bandsaw or something oh, and do your Talenti, but probably you can't do the Talenti. But if it's got a paper container. Yeah. So then just put the slice on the cookies and then peel the paper off, wrap it in plastic and freeze it. Uh, and I should say that if you want even more intense flavor in this, if 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 our <laughs> slightly bitter, not terribly sweet chocolate peanut butter sorbet isn't yet intense enough for you, look for dark roasted peanut butter you can some, sometimes find dark roasted natural style peanut butter in health food stores yeah. and the people on west in the west coast even have an up 
on this, right? Isn't there a brand out there that's darker? Yeah, it's called Laura Scudders, and it's made by the Jif people, and that's what they sell on the West Coast. I know. What, 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 what are we, chop liver over here on the East Coast? We don't get these things? Well, I don't the know why they thing get is, them out there. They don't claim that they make it with darker roasted peanuts, but if you look at the jars side by side, you'll see that it's darker. So even whatever supermarket you're in, just put your peanut butters next to each other and pick the one that's the darkest. Oh, and absolutely. the other good way to get dark roasted flavor, if you're allergic to peanuts, but not allergic to tree nuts, you could use a dark roasted almond butter and that would be just oh, as good. Oh, that would be really good in here, right? The chocolate almond sorbet, that would be a third really cup good. of dark roasted almond butter. That would be delicious. Could you use, uh, what else can we use there? Use cashew butter too. Right. And could we use hazelnut butter? I mean, it's hard to find it. But it's it hard to exist. find it. Um, but what you don't want to use is the hazelnut chocolate spreads. We're already right. putting chocolate in this. You don't want to put Nutella in this. Oh, no. No Nutella. That's <laughs> right. But if you want an intense chocolate peanut butter, let's say a little bit of winter right in the middle of your summer deck party, Yum. something sophisticated like a glass of brandy, then you probably, you know, this sorbet would probably be good with just a little bourbon or brandy poured over the top of it in a bowl too well float a brandy a, a brandy float, float. Nice. oh a bourbon float i've always wanted to make a bourbon <laughs> float then you want to try this ice cream this ice cream this sorbet this chocolate peanut butter sorbet to hear us cook through more recipes check out cooking with bruce and mark every friday and subscribe yeah because subscribing is the only way other people will find out about us and if you want to hear us knock down take apart disabuse you of all those culinary myths that exist out there and boy are there a lot of them i think we're up to number five thousand or something <laughs> then check us out on tuesdays on short episodes of the podcast cooking with bruce and mark <laughs>